The following episode of Annals on Call is brought to you by Annals of Internal Medicine. For more episodes and links to CME and MOC, visit go.annals.org slash oncall. Participant statements on this podcast reflect the views of the participants and not necessarily those of the Journal or the American College of Physicians, unless so identified. I find that the length, the topics, your style of telling people what you're going to tell them really, I think, sticks for people, especially, uh, especially auditory learners. Welcome to Annals on Call, a podcast based upon articles from the Annals of Internal Medicine in which we discuss the implications of the article for you, the listener. This is Dr. Bob Centaur. I'm Professor Emeritus at the University of Alabama at Birmingham and former chair of the Board of Regents for the American College of Physicians. Welcome to this special episode of Annals on Call. This is a celebration of 100 episodes of our podcast. In this, I interview four listeners. Uh, first is Darlin Moyer, who's an infectious disease specialist. She's the executive vice president and CEO of the American College of Physicians. Her husband, Scott Rosenberg, is also a listener, and he's a pulmonologist in Philadelphia and New Jersey. Sanjeev Bajaj is a radiologist who works in the same hospital as I do, and Candace Sprott is an internal medicine outpatient specialist who's also a member of the ACP's Council on Early Career Physicians. We hope you find this uh, entertaining, and uh, hopefully uh, we shed some light into what the podcast is about. Thank you for listening. My first conversation is with Darlin Moyer and Scott Rosenberg. Darlin and Scott, thank you for joining me to discuss Annals on Call now that we're at 100 podcast episodes. Darlin, I'm going to let you go first, and tell me what things about the podcast you particularly like or what you think we could do better? Well, you know, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania, so I'm a very practical, pragmatic gal. I think that the podcast duration is just right. It's it's good if most car rides are 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I think that it's great in terms of the duration. And I think, you know, you, you just hit a highlight of many different interesting articles. And, you know, it's very practical because you do, you know, the, the tips at the end, the bottom line, pearls that you leave everybody with. And I just, uh, I find that, that the length, the topics, and just your style of telling people what you're going to tell them, let you and the, the discussion tell them, and then tell them what you just told them really, I think, sticks for people, especially auditory learners, of which I've got a hybrid style, but auditory is definitely something key. Scott, what has attracted you? Well, I also, it's perfect for my drive-in. I listen to, to it on the drive-in to work. And I think, you know, the topics are broad ranging. Uh, I think they apply to both general internists and specialists. Obviously, I'm a specialist and I found them interesting, even the ones that where I don't see the topics uh, on a regular basis, I find them interesting and educational. Engage the host and bring out their thoughts about the various topics and articles that you discussed. And I'm going to put you uh, both on the spot and let Scott go first this time. Okay. 
if you could point out one or two or three particular podcasts that you can remember that were most meaningful to you. I was thinking about that today because I thought that topic might come up. So I thought the uh, recent one on procalcitonin was interesting because that's always been a debate in our hospital is, mm-hmm. is it useful, is it not useful? And uh, I listened to the, uh, and I actually emailed you about the COPD lectures. Uh, there was a two-part COPD, I believe, if I remember correctly. It was nice. There was also one on community-acquired money. So, I, you know, obviously I was listening to more, paying more attention to the ones that were more relevant to me being a pulmonologist. Right. But I found right. them very, very uh, interesting and engaging. Great. Daryl? So Bob, that was so predictable that Scott went with the hard science. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the ones that I love the most are the ones that underpin the hard science. The discussion with Robert McLean, the gout wars, I think that was the first one, uh, and Brad Spellberg about clinical guidelines. The, the discussion with Kimberly Manning about clinician educators and your discussion with Lisa Willett. And I will tell you that probably my favorite podcast because one of my most favorite articles was Faith Fitzgerald's Curiosity article in Annals. I think it was late 90s was your discussion with her. I recently, in anticipation of this, re-listened to it. And I I often recount her story of the the Titanic survivor and her, her critical questions on, quote, the patient that wasn't, quote, interesting, unquote. So... Those are the ones that I like. I mean, the hard science ones are great, you know, because I get my quick, my micro dose of knowledge, but the, the, un, the foundational ones that, you know, keeps us doing what we do, why we do this. I grew up watching the old Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone with my dad and the whole medical detective thing to me is probably one of the reasons that I was inspired to go into medicine. I'm so glad you mentioned Faith Fitzgerald. I feel so fortunate to have recorded that before she passed away. All of us who knew Faith and had conversation with Faith, it was just delightful to hear her tell her stories. My second conversation was with Sanjeev Bajaj. Sanjeev, thank you so much for uh, joining me on the podcast As a radiologist, I was flattered when I was discussing the podcast and you said that you wanted to listen to it, but I'm even more flattered that you continue to listen to it and give me feedback on uh, episodes. What has drawn you as a radiologist to Annals on Call? I feel like I'm only half a radiologist in a sense. I mean, I'm really just fascinated by how the body works and by human, human physiology and pathology. And so... In some ways, this podcast is better than a radiology podcast would be for me because it allows me to keep in touch with the developments in medicine that are happening. And that's critical to my job, too, because it allows me to talk at least semi-intelligently with the clinicians who come by and speak to me. Through the lens of that description, what episodes have particularly fascinated you uh, in the recent past? A couple of ones that stand out very recently, there was, uh, there was an episode on the use of procalcitonin for the diagnosis of infection, or at least for working through the differential diagnosis of infection. And there was an episode on pulmonary embolism risk. Those two were very recent ones that fascinated me, but there are some other ones that really stand out in my mind. There was one on, on uh, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, 
that I remember, another one on the adrenal glands and adrenal incidentalomas, as well as hypertension, uh, another couple, I think, on kidney disease, and then one on HEPREF. And those have, have, really, have really helped shape my understanding of emerging areas in medicine. And some of them, many of them have, have helped me in my role as a radiologist because they've allowed me to understand the importance of some of the incidental findings often that we, that we mention. Yeah, I think that a, adrenal incidental loma one, everybody that I've talked to has listened to it, is looking at those adenomas differently than they were previously. Oh, totally. As a radiologist, it's, it's increased my sensitivity for them too, because if I saw previously a, a half a centimeter or you know, something small adrenal incidentaloma, I might not even mention it because I never knew that there was any significance to it. Now it's definitely something I even look actively for. The final two sections are first a discussion with Candace Sprott, and then after we finish that discussion, she interviews me about the podcast. We had similar interviews with Daryl and Scott and Sanjeev, but I felt that Candace's overall interview incorporated all of the things that we discussed in the other question and answer periods. We hope this is interesting to you. Candace, thank you for, uh, for joining us. As you know, this is uh, a celebration of the 100th podcast of Annals on Call. Yes, and, congratulations. And what I'm doing is interviewing a number of people, so I'm interviewing you. Tell me what it is that uh, you like about the podcast and uh, whether there's anything that you would like me to do more of. I'm really just grateful to be here talking with you, and really 100 episodes is fantastic, so kudos to you and your team. The first episode I listened to, a relatively new listener, was your E&M coding mm-hmm. episode with Dr. Meyer. And um, he had sent it to me and said, hey, take a listen. And I went back and listened to more because it was just so practical. And I think we all get, you know, the annals and we have aspirations of trying to read them, you know, mm-hmm. at one sitting and I'm not very successful. So the fact that your podcast is so bite-sized and practical for me as a practicing internist um, is what I love about it. Great, great. Well, even though you haven't listened to all 100 podcasts, I'm probably the only person who's listened to all 100 <laughs> podcasts. Um, what uh, are your favorite episodes thus far? Definitely the monkeypox episode, because I had just gotten several patient calls prior to listening to that. So it helped prepare me um, in my day-to-day work. And I love the podcast that you've done with Dr. Kimberly Manning. Um, she is definitely an inspiration for me. And I think the last one you did about care and feeding of clinician educators with her mm-hmm. was cool because she kind of ended up interviewing you at the same time. And it just felt like a conversation between, you know, colleagues and friends. And uh, it was really enjoyable to listen to. We are friends. <laughs> We've known each other at meetings, and I, I, I see that as a, a, a friendly relationship. Many of the people that I interview are, have been friends for a long time. Sometimes it's somebody I've never met before. That's okay. Uh, yeah. But I know, know a lot of people from all these years. Now, this is your chance to interview me and learn more about the podcast. So you can ask me anything you want to. What was your reason for wanting to start it in the first place? How did that come about? And was it 
hard to start or easy based on just your personal kind of acumen there? Yeah. So Christine Lane, the editor of the Annals, approached me about five years ago about doing something with social media to support the Annals of Internal Medicine. I'd been a blogger since 02. I was active on Twitter, but I'd really become fascinated with podcasts. So over a couple months, we decided that a podcast could be helpful and useful to members of the ACP and people who aren't members of the ACP. And we spent about a year planning it. She gave me the most important piece of advice, and that is keep it at around 20 minutes, because that's about how long it takes people to get to work. And I hadn't thought about it before, but I would say I get more compliments from practicing physicians and faculty members about the length of the podcast compared to other medical podcasts than any other single thing. It was, I think I'm much better at doing the podcast now than I was when I first started because I have a better idea of what the listeners want because I talk to my colleagues I review the podcast. I see where where I've gone wrong and try to improve. It's the classic way that we get better at everything is being critical of ourselves and trying to do a better job. Finding guests has never been too hard. Uh, People are happy to talk to me. And so that that hadn't been too hard. And uh, now it's just a pleasure of trying to figure out what article just might be really, really interesting for people in practice. And I feel that's my job to ask the questions that someone who's either in outpatient practice or inpatient practice wants to know the answer to. And if I do that, then I've done a good job. I think you've hit the nail on the head so many times. And I'm curious, at the first couple episodes, um, it seemed a little more scripted and now it feels more easygoing. So how much time do you spend prepping and do you write a script or is it just a conversation? I probably spend a couple of hours reading the article and making an outline of what the key questions are. And I send those questions to the guest, but then I listen to what they say and I modify the questions according to what they say. The most important thing is to understand that it's the guest that is the star. I'm just there trying to give them questions that will help them explain things to me and everybody else. What do you think now is the hardest part and what conversely would be the easiest part for you? The hardest part is people who don't respond to my emails, which is probably because of spam filters, which I hate with a passion. (laughs) Uh, And uh, uh, the easiest part is just talking to people. I like talking to people. I don't like trying to pick their brains. Is there anything that surprised you or was totally unanticipated in this journey to 100 episodes? I think what surprised me the most is the number of people who are getting CME and MOC from the podcast. I, I knew that it would be good, but it's, it's been much better than uh, I imagined. So I feel like I'm doing a service to the listeners by making it easier for them to get their CME and MOC for exactly what you said. It's, it's bite-sized, but hopefully... From each episode, people get something that, that make them a little bit better. Okay, so I think two more questions come to mind. Where do you see this going in the next 100 episodes? Will you continue to do the same thing or are there twists that we can expect? 
I think the, the, the way we're doing it works pretty well. I think it's about being practical, not trying to feed people too much information, but feed them re really good information. And, and as long as we have good topics, and I think the one that you listen to and love so much, the monkeypox one, that one was done so quickly. I mean, the article came out on a Monday. I contacted the guy that afternoon. He said, how about eight o'clock tonight? I said, oh, fine, we recorded it. I sent it off to Philadelphia where uh, Patrick Whelan is the uh, man who does the production after I've put the different pieces together. And we had it out by the next Monday. And we, had, we did that because, like you said, people are calling up and wanting to know, what is this monkeypox thing and should I be worried about it? And the day after I did it, I was on the wards and I taught my resident interns what they need to know about monkeypox. I felt I felt so smart. <laughs> awesome. And the day before, I, I knew I knew nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what's a um, quirky or kind of thing that only I guess your residents may know about you? For example, when I was in residency, one of our attendings would always take us for milkshake rounds on Friday at the end of the round. So, what's something that you really got to be working with you to know, or something that you tend to do that we can learn a little bit more about you? I guess I don't have very many secrets. People, people in the whole, around the country know uh, most mornings before rounds, I go to Orange Theory Fitness. And so I might be five or 10 minutes late, depending upon the traffic from Orange Theory Fitness to uh, the hospital. That's quite the uh, addiction. I've done a couple of those classes and my goodness, hats off to you. <laughs> okay, people won't know this because we're on Zoom, but you have a golf picture no, in your oh yeah no, so. no every, everybody knows that i'm an addicted golfer <laughs> uh, i'm semi-retired i do three and a half months of wards but and i write mm -hmm. write a few articles but mm -hmm. i don't work past noon very often you're just bragging now <laughs> absolutely absolutely favorite that, course favorite course yeah. favorite course that i've ever played augusta national i got to play at augusta national one time and that was that was the hoot Thank you so much for your enthusiasm and for, for really grilling me real well. I really appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Anytime. I, I think you would make a, a great interviewer for the podcast. Uh, you got my number. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Now it's time for Bob's Pearls. In this discussion, I hope you got the sense that different people have different podcasts that they find uh, to be the most valuable. Uh, that's very encouraging to me uh, that uh, different people get different things uh, from the podcast and that many of the episodes are considered uh, very important. You also get some insight into podcasting and me with uh, an outstanding interview from Candace Sprott. We hope this has been entertaining. Uh, we don't have any CME or MOC for this episode. There's really no big pearls to give you, but uh, except thanks so much for being a listener. For more episodes of Annals on Call and links to CME and MOC, visit go.annals.org slash on call. Participant statements on this podcast reflect the views of the participants and not necessarily those of the journal or the American College of Physicians, unless so identified. The information contained in the podcast should never be used as a substitute for clinical judgment.